There's no echo on my side in the recording. Yo, Greg, how you doing today? How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I am doing fantastic. You know, I'm really glad that I figured out that stupid echo from the first three episodes. I'm sorry about that, everybody. Um, I did figure that out. It was a effects knob on my soundboard that was hiding from me. And it was it kind of looked like it was off, but it was just turned on slightly and it gave me that slight echo. So hopefully that is uh, all fixed. Um, I did a bunch of tests and I'm pretty certain and uh, that we are good to go and we will have beautiful audio. Uh, some great feedback so far for the first three episodes. Haven't you haven't you seen that, Greg? Yeah, it's been great. I really appreciate it. Had some had some awesome emails and some suggestions coming in. So we keep rocking and we keep rolling and we keep covering whatever people want to hear. Exactly. Yeah. So in today's episode, everybody, we're going to be talking about uh, Mac apps and kind of the Mac apps that me and Greg use to do our web design and uh, hopefully some you know good recommendations for you guys. So basically the format is we're going to kind of go back and forth about apps that we think are great for users um, in no particular order. So just because we talk about something first doesn't necessarily mean it's better. Um, just that that's the order we randomly chose to go in uh, for our picks of the day. Now, we only have about 30 minutes here, so I know there's going to be a lot of apps, right? Like, you know, me and Greg were talking just before this that I opened my apps folder and it was like, I had to go shopping for apps again. It was like, oh my God, look at all these apps that I have. It's like, didn't even know what half of them are anymore. You know, I don't even use them. Joe, are you the same Joe, way? You have a problem, Joe. We, <laughs> we'll just, we'll just admit that there. Um, I do have a collection from over, over time, but I got a new computer last year. So I made it a point not to not install apps that I haven't used in a year. Wow. So Okay, so really I, I, I have an apps folder open right now and I have four hundred and thirty eight apps in there. Exactly. How many do you exactly. have? Exactly. How many do I have? Oh, I'm looking at it in a different view. Hold on. Oh no. Hundred and seventeen. Oh man. Yeah. Four you have four times four times <laughs> that, that includes the system <laughs> one. That is, that includes the ones that are built in. Yeah. <laughs> Four times the number of apps. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I have a problem. I wonder if there's a group for that. You could always start one. Weaver Space. <laughs> Weaver Space yeah. slash App Addicts. Yeah, App Addicts. Yeah. Yep. We'll have our own yeah. AA meeting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So you want to kick it off then since you're sure I'll kick it off. Um, let's start with like a general purpose, like image editing app. You know, I think both of us probably have our favorites. Um, I think the personal one that I always, it's kind of always my go-to one is Pixelmator. Um, it's just, you know, for editing JPEGs and doing stuff like that. Um, I know there's a lot of other ones out there. There's like affinity photo and acorn and obviously Photoshop, but, I, don't, I always go back to Pixelmator myself because it's just something that I know, right? And I feel comfortable in it. Um, you know, all the rage everyone's talking about Affinity Photo and how wonderful it is and how it's going to, you know, take down Photoshop. But I don't know, I find the interface just pretty complex. And I, you know, maybe if I took the time to learn it and understand everything, uh, but I just, Pixelmator just feels at home for me, right? And so, you know, I think it's a great app. Um, what what's your favorite image editing app, Greg? 
My boat's Acorn. Mm. I, I just same kind of thing. It's like the UI. I really like the UI. There's this very subtle snapping feature when mm-hmm. you go to crop stuff that it gets the pixels just right. So when I drag it around, it kind of just snaps to that boundary where there's like a stark yeah. contrast in color or something. So it makes it really fast and really easy for me to like crop images and do some basic editing that I need. I'm not a graphic designer by any means, yeah. but works perfectly for for the things I use. Yeah. You know, I actually own Acorn and it was my go-to for a long time. And I loved it back in the day when it was like a single window app. And then they mm-hmm. kind of went to like where all the other apps go, where you have like tool bar windows all over the place. Yeah. And uh, at that point I started, you know, looking at Pixelmator. So I kind of went that way. But um, I still use Acorn for a certain thing. There's, if I ever need to do anything fancy with text, like I, I want to do some effects and stuff on text, Acorn is hands down so much better than Pixelmator at that, um, I feel. So if I ever need to do anything fancy with text in an image, um, I, I still open up Acorn and, uh, and use that. Cool, cool. So I guess I'm up. Yeah, go for I'm it. Gonna to, I'm going to have to go. Everybody should have a good backup. So I'm going to start with Arc, A-R-Q. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome backup app. It does incremental backups. So, you know, work with confidence that your system is protected. Um, you know, can't stress that, can't stress that enough. So I know it's not web design related, but you know, if we're going to be, if we're going to be doing our work, doing our living on these things, then we should definitely take it seriously. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now uh, for backups, I, I still use time machine. That's all I really use now that that only does obviously local backups. Right. But, yep. um, I used to use crash plan and they kind of changed up a whole bunch of stuff. So I stopped using them. And actually purchased art like a year ago, but I've never really configured it to back up to anything yet. And um, I I noticed that they they recently I think it was recent they they support now Backblaze, which yep. um, is like dirt cheap, like really really cheap. So actually, my dad set up uh, some offsite backups with Backblaze um, just last week. So it kind of got my uh, got my head turning of you know how easy that actually is to do. Uh, so I'm probably going to start using Arc. Uh, even though I've owned it for like a year or two. Um, so. Yeah. Um, funny side comment. The developer of Arc is actually local local to me. Met, met him. Oh, great really? Guy. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, really great guy. Um, so, you know, just, just kind of bestows that confidence in mm-hmm. something that is so important to, you know, to a user. Sweet. Yeah. So my next You're pick... Right. I'm going to stick in the image editing world because I think, you know, image editing is really, really vital to uh, web design. So, but I'm going to change it up and go to something which is more vector-based graphics. So, you know, we have, we talked about apps like Pixelmator and Acorn and Affinity Photo, and those are great for like bitmap related images, right? You know, that are all pixel-based, but there are other apps that let you create things like SVGs are the, you know, like kind of the cool thing out there. All the kids are using SVGs, which is a scalable vector graphic. Okay. And what basically what a, what a vector graphic is, it allows you to scale the image infinitely and the image will always look crystal sharp. Right. So my kind of go-to app right now is sketch. It's really, really nice. Um, but I, I just tweeted today that, you know, I, I really want to start using OmniGraphle a lot more. And I, I know that it does SVGs and vector graphics also. So I, I think I'm going to give uh, OmniGraphle a shot for a little while and kind of uh, um, put Sketch off to the side. 
Um, other options, just to let people know, there is Affinity Designer, which kind of like Affinity Photo is all the rage. Everyone's saying it's going to beat Adobe Illustrator, but you know, I just like these simpler ones like Sketch and OmniGraffle. Um, they're just they're more intuitive to me, and I like I like the way the apps are laid out, and they're just more user friendly, uh, in my opinion. Cool, cool. I guess my pick, my next pick would be X Xscope from the Icon Factory. Um, it's a great app for really zooming in, and, and it has a, actually a bunch of utilities. The main one I use is to zoom in to the pixel perfect point on a screen, so I can see. You know, I can examine the drop shadow on a corner. I can pick a particular color in some palette that I'm trying to match or you know tweak and tune. Um, there's also a rulers feature, so you can measure the distance between elements and stuff like that. Uh, it's really great, really handy, uh, awesome app. Don't they also have like an iOS like version, so you can like mirror stuff onto the i on the iPhone? I I really don't. I own Xcope, but I don't use it really much. I use it for the ruler function somewhat sometimes, but that's it. You know, to be honest, I yes, actually they have a mirror feature. I just opened it, so ah. I'm thinking that's what you're probably referring to. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I I really use the the loop and. Mm those kind of tools more yeah more than anything okay fair enough um, yeah well yeah so, i have i have used it for the ruler feature or, um where you can like put the little red lines on the screen you yeah. know the yeah. you know i like that kind of like the guides so it's like you know static guides on your screen it is a cool app a uh, good one yeah yeah my next one so you talked about like picking colors with xscope i'm going to go with um, my go-to color picker there's a lot of great color pickers out there but i use one called sip sip and uh, i just really like it um, it's they, you can download it for free, but, um, I think it's like 10 bucks for the pro version. And, um, I think it's totally worth it. Um, what I like about it is that, um, a, it just sits up in your menu bar and you, you know, whenever you copy a color code off your, you know, off of anything, it kind of watches your clipboard and it'll save that color value. So you can easily reference it later. Uh, and then you can also create your own little color palettes. So like, you know, what I do is for every project, you know, I'll have a color palette. So like my email stacks website, I have specific colors that I want to use in that project. And so I'll create a color palette inside SIP that contains all the colors for that particular project. So I can quickly, you know, reference those and, you know, click on the, you know, variation of purple or pink or whatever that I want for that particular project. It's really, really cool. Does it let you adjust so you can like tune and match and or do compliments or um so it doesn't like have any sort of complimentary thing i would love that if if it did have that that would be like the ultimate feature um i still for that for like complimentary complimentary colors i still own color schemer studio um which is like i don't even think it's available anymore um i've owned it for years but it still works so that's kind of i still open up that that app to get any sort of complimentary colors but um, you can, you know, add new and you can tweak some colors, but again, the complementary color thing would be, would be really awesome if SIP added that. Uh, another, actually, another feature I love with SIP is you can, um, when you create a color palette inside SIP, you can export that to the Apple color picker so that when you're in the default color picker in the, in RapidWeaver or whatever app, you can just on the little drop down where you're, if you're in, I think it's the second tab in the color, uh, utility there's a, a like a select box and then your color palette from sip would show up inside there so that's really really useful so that you don't that's need to always go back to sip you, it'll export to the default color palette and then you'll have all your colors there 
um, super useful. That's cool. Yeah. So my other my other hidden app that I use a lot is an app called Smaller. Uh, my typical my typical workflow when publishing is I actually export my project and I run it through two apps. The first one is Image Optimum, and that optimizes all of the images of my project, and that includes all of the developers' images. So say you had a stack that didn't have an image that wasn't optimized, it would cover all those as well and my images, right? So it's it's a great to cover the whole website. But then I also run my entire project through an app called Smaller, which will compress the HTML, the CSS, or the JavaScript files. Mm -hmm. So I make my project, my output of my project even smaller. Um, there is a huge, huge caveat to this that you have to really configure the preferences of Smaller to be RabbitWeaver compatible yeah. because by default, it will rename rename files so it'll, it'll take your css file and rename it to min.css which will absolutely break your entire website when you export it yes so you know go into the go if someone who uses this go into the preferences make sure the output of the file name is the same as the source um cool so you yeah. export your site locally and then yes. you just take that folder drag it onto smaller and boom it's done right Exactly. Exactly. Cool. As long as you have everything configured properly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Um, yeah, I love it. It's great. Sweet. You know, so I kind of took I kind of took two there. So that's fine. That's fine. Uh, so my, you know, for image optimization, I th I do think that is a key one because a lot of people what they do is they'll, um, you know, they'll they'll upload really large images and that is just a killer for your website. Like probably that I think the number one performance hit on a website is large images. Do you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I could even go in further on that if you let me keep going with it. It's like people, you know, people ask me and they say, you know, oh, my hosting, my hosting is slow, sluggish. And you fire up the web console and you see 10 megabyte image loading on their homepage, mm -hmm. you know, full resolution. Um, you know, and really what they should be doing is using, using a JPEG image, 80 to 90% efficiency right 80 90, 90% optimization or quality sorry that's the that's the setting yep. and you know running it through these apps called like image optimum and, and their images should be 150 200k mm -hmm. easy and, and i still see people throwing you know multi megabyte images on their website you know um but you know what i also see is people are now putting videos multi-megabyte videos on their website yep and i've seen people no lie put a 70 megabyte video on their homepage. yeah and uh, and they know, wonder just, they wonder why their page is loading slow yeah yep they wonder a lot of things <laughs> they wonder <laughs> a lot of things um so on that i highly recommend people you check out handbrake handbrake is an awesome open source project yep it has a ton of presets to take your web videos and export them into all the web safe file sizes. Yeah. Handbrake's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll go related. Let's say, uh, so image compression, I think is really, really important. Um, we kind of, you, you know, said that for a few minutes now. Um, my three, I'll, I'm going to give you three that I use for image compression. Image Optum is what Greg re uh, recommended. Um, I use that mostly for PNGs. And then there's also JPEG mini. 
um, which is a little pricey. I think it's like 20 bucks, but I think it is the best thing out there to compress a JPEG. Like it is really top notch. Um, so yeah, JPEG mini is awesome. And uh, just a tip, you know, a tip to the hat to our real mech, uh, Dan and uh, Ben, they got squash and um, you know, they, they've, they've really updated that a lot. And um, I've kind of started using that to replace both image optum and um, JPEG mini. Because uh, it does a pretty decent job. Uh, the more you use the three apps, you kind of realize what types of images each app kind of compresses better. And, you know, I kind of just by looking at an image go, oh, I think, you know, Squash is going to be best on that one or JPEG Mini. Uh, but most of the time, I, I do find that Squash does a really great job. Um, it actually has a preference. Um, if you uh, I forget what it's called, but it's like it'll do like it, it'll take extra long to compress it, but it does a, a slightly better job. Um, and so that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So squash, um, another one for video compression for me is, um, so a handbrake is awesome. Um, for, I think for a really beginner user, it could be a little daunting. Um, so, uh, there, yeah, yeah there, there is a, a pretty inexpensive app on the app store called, um, video compress pro and it's dirt simple. Um, it just has a couple sliders. You drag and drop your video in there. Um, and you say what kind of quality you want and you say export. And it does real a pretty decent job. I'm pretty impressed with it. I think it was like a dollar ninety nine on the App Store or something like that. So yeah, Video Compress Pro that was a good one. That's cool. That's a nice tip. Yeah, I'm, my my export publishing workflow is so ingrained at this point that it's hard to see uh, switching to yeah. JPEG Mini or Squash. But mm -hmm. it's going to be exciting to see what comes out from these projects. Yeah, definitely. Do you want to pick another one since I just steamrolled through three? <laughs> sure. Um, I, I've been talking a lot about image apps, but I think, again, they're very important. So my next one is an app called Pixav, P-I-X-A-V-E. And I use it for all of my stock photos and icons and stuff like that. It's kind of like, like iPhoto or Photos app for, you know, non-family photos, right? It's so... For all my web design, you know, uh, image and stock photos and stuff like that, I throw all that into an app called Pixav. Um, they have an iPad app as well or an, an iOS app. I don't really use that because my library is so big. It's like 15 gigabytes, I think. Um, there's no way I want to sync that up to the cloud. So um, it is just on my, on my Mac Pro here. But uh, that is a great app. It's, it's very performant. Um, I started using it when RealMac um, discontinued Ember. Um, Ember was really great. I did love Ember, and um, I know Real Mac is hinting of that potentially coming back. Uh, but uh, Pixav is a great app. The developer is very attentive, and he's he releases quite a bit of updates. So Pixav's a great uh, great pick there. Oh, from Shiny Frog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I didn't realize that app was still still around. Been it's been a while. That's that is a good app. Good. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. So if we're going to talk about some organization and stuff like that, my, my next app would be Icon, Icon Jar. It's an unbelievable app for all sorts of icons. And you'll find that if you do a lot of icons on your website, a lot of the new icon packs now distribute an Icon Jar format. So you don't have to... My workflow used to be manually sorting them into folders and categorizing them and now they're completely searchable i can do all sorts of stuff and 
it's it's a it's a really really awesome app um, you know i agree icon jar is really great i did try to use it to replace pixav and um i didn't really think it really was great for that it is it is awesome no. for like the linear icons especially since you can like yes. change the color and you know preview those the color changes in icon jar good job i've yeah. totally forgot about icon jar um it's it's awesome so i actually do use both i do have icon jar for like my font awesome style icons right for like those right. you right. know single yeah. color ones and then everything yeah. else i use for pixav so yeah good yeah. call on icon jar it's a good one yeah i'm really really excited that designers have picked up on it and start tagging all their images and supporting this format because it makes finding and tweaking and sorting all the stuff that you purchase and collect over the internet so much so much nicer to work oh more yeah efficient yep all right you're up i'm up okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna jump into kind of semi-developer land um there is you know a lot of you Rapweaver users, it would be great if you knew a little bit more HTML or a little bit more CSS. And if you want to dabble in JavaScript or things of that nature, there's an amazing app called Dash. And what Dash is, it it allows you to easily search um, HTML and CSS docs and whatnot. And if you're an Alfred user like I am, um, Alfred.op is a great like app launcher. There is a, a killer integration between Dash and Alfred where I just like, I launch Alfred type CSS space and like border. And all of a sudden it'll list out all the CSS attributes that say border. I select the one I want. And then all of a sudden the documentation with examples for that particular CSS attribute are displayed. Um, it's just killer. I use it a hundred times a day on, and it supports more than just HTML and JavaScript. I mean, it has tons of different, like every programming language you could think of, but I think it is an amazing app um, you know, just to, if you want to learn a little bit more CSS, um, just to kind of browse through it. Um, yes, they're all available online, but if it's an app, I feel that, you know, maybe someone would use it a little bit more than going straight to Mozilla or going straight to, you know, W3 schools or whatever. So I think Dash is great. No, that's, that's a good call. And, and it's not just about that. You can actually go to Google and go to those other websites. If you filter out a all the junk sites that don't really have yeah. either accurate or updated documentation and all the ads. So you're getting a nice clean interface to actually focus and read what's important. Yep. Um, but if you do go on the web, I highly recommend the Mozilla documents as like the de facto. Yeah. That's what Dash uses is the Mozilla documents. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's great. Perfect. Yeah. I use Dash as well. It's a good one. Oh, so if we're going to talk developer stuff, then I'm going to talk about a free app called SQL Pro. So a lot of users want to dive in and connect to their database. They want to view a database. They want to use it in a web-friendly manner. Um, so a lot of hosts support PHP MyAdmin, but if you want to if you want to connect to it on a Mac, you can use an app like SQL Pro. And how I recommend people use it, and how I rec how I tell people at Chili Dog to use it is to set up an SSH tunnel. So basically, you connect securely to your host, like Chili Dog, and use a, a protocol called SSH, which allows you to safely and securely share and connect your information. You do not want to connect to your database in a different manner because doing so is highly insecure and very much will lead you to getting um, your site hacked. So. 
basically use S use SQL Pro. It has native support for SSH tunnels. Um, and then you can connect right to your database and you can view it right in your desktop. You can run queries, you can see all your data. It's it's really great, it's really easy. Um, I use it a lot in development. Yeah. Yep, I use SQL Pro as well. Um, it's amazing that it's such a powerful app and it's free. Um, there, there's a lot of non-free ones out there and SQL Pro beats them all, I think. Uh, SQL Pro is just a killer app. I agree, I agree. There's like Navicat that's like, yeah, hundreds of dollars and exactly equal pros is open source and free. <laughs> yep. Amen. Yep. Okay, next, I, I'm going to stick on the developer track a little bit. Um, if you want to get down and dirty and maybe develop some code, um, I, have, I have two app suggestions for you. The first one is Code Runner. Um, really, really cool app. And um, I use it a lot just to do quick and dirty PHP and to test some stuff out. So, you know, I will type in some PHP and then I, there's a run button, you can run it and then it'll, it'll output the uh, outputs of that PHP on the bottom of the screen. So it's like a two pane. So you have, you know, the, the, where you code at the top and then the, the output of whatever your script is at the bottom. So I use that all the time to kind of test small snippets of PHP, Ruby, shell scripts, I mean, you name it. Um, it, it does a ton of different languages. Um, I wish it did JavaScript. It doesn't do that. Um, that would be pretty slick. But um, it you know, Code Runners uh, just thumbs up on that one. It is a great app. Um, and if you want to go a little bit further, um, VS Code. I've kind of moved over to Visual Studio Code um, to my ever you know all day long coding efforts. So I develop everything that I do in Visual Studio Code, which kind of makes me feel a little bit dirty because I'm using a Microsoft product. But they've really done a great job with VS Code. Um, it it is a superb app. They borrowed a lot from Sublime Text, which, you know, a lot of developers used for years. It was kind of like the de facto hipster uh, web developer tool. And um, kind of everyone's moving over to VS Code, and um, it's nicer. Um, it's really, really nice. So Code Runner and VS Code, those are my uh, picks for developing. Code Runner is awesome because I will write a short function, and I'll test it, mm -hmm. and I'll know instantly if... Um... I'm on the right track or not. Um, highly recommend that if you do any kind of PHP, especially. Yeah, um, super helpful awesome. for PHP. I have to, I have to, I have to respectfully disagree with you on Visual Studio Code. Ah, fair and enough. Fair enough. I'm a big fan of of BB Edit. <laughs> I I love BB Edit. Every I tried, I've been trying to add them, and I just whenever I try to throw a big file at BB Edit, it just handles it and no questions no performance issue issues everything i throw at bb edit is like butter adam and some of those those other editors just crawl to the knees you know they just they just keel over um yes and every every user every user needs a good text editor and what i find is that a lot of people will just use text edit mm -hmm. um highly discourage that because yes. of character encoding and it it'll insert characters and break things on your page so you know prior to bb edit bb edit was the paid version of, of their software and they had another app called text wrangler they discontinued text wrangler in favor of uh, a bb edit free version and a bb edit paid version so i highly recommend you know you could just use bb edit free version for most users and you can edit all sorts of html text files css files 
et cetera, et cetera, using this, use that tool. It has a built-in SFTP client as well. So you can edit files direct, directly on the server too. So Sweet. BB edit. Yeah. Talking about SFTP, I'm going to go ahead and say transmit is my de facto um, FTP client. Um, it is just, you know, it's probably the most expensive one out there. Uh, I know there's a lot of debate, you know, people using stuff like forklift and yummy FTP and a bunch of other, you know, inexpensive FTP apps. And um, transmit is just solid. And I think you get what you pay for. A perfect example. Um, just last week, actually, I had a customer that was, um, it was a German customer. So a lot of the file names had umlauts in it, right? So, you know, he would, and he, what he did is he downloaded, um, some CMS data from, uh, from, to from total CMS from one server and he uploaded it to another server. Okay. Um, using, I believe it was yummy FTP and I'm going and the data, it wasn't working on the new server. And I'm going and racking my brain of what the, what the heck's going on here? And what happened is Yummy FTP had inserted some invisible characters with the umlauts with the U because it's a, you know, Unicode character. And I, I asked the guy, can you please download, you know, transmit and try that? And it worked flawlessly. So, you know, stuff like that, he, it would have saved him days of work, you know, and frustration if, you know, he just used transmit. So um, everyone, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, that that sort of scenario is going to happen to everybody, but, you know, I, I'm a strong proponent of you get what you pay for and transmit is the best FTP out, out, FTP app out there. And uh, I think you should get it. I don't have much more to add than yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have forklift. I actually test and download a lot of FTP apps. It's you'd, you'd be amazed um, because I have to make sure they all work, you know, and that, with Chili Dog and stuff like that. So I need to just be able to see what people are doing and and try to replicate their experiences with their soft with these software applications. And Transmit is just bar none the best FTP app out there. And you know, aside from that, if you had to go never different direction, forklift would probably be my number two. Mm -hmm. So I could go with that. You know, I I, yeah. I have I have had good success with forklift. Um, I did use it for a little while. Um, I've used it for a long time since. You know, I just I love transmit so much. Yeah, another one that I was trying that I really kind of like, but they've kind of seemed like they burned me is a one called Interarchy. Interarchy. They're supposed to ship an update, a big update, but they've seems to become always in beta mm. never never a release yeah yeah okay i i think let's see my, my last big topic i think that kind of covers web design is like previewing locally right um so sure. you know a lot of um you know a i should say rap fever 7 um it has a built-in um kind of php server built into the app and that is really good it has been a godsend for me um, just developing and making, and, you know, knowing that there's a web server behind the actual preview engine in Rapidiver. Um, so actually, this has been less important to me now that Rapidiver 7 kind of has it baked in. But, um, you know, I think it is very useful to have, you know, some sort of web server local on your machine that you can use to preview stuff. So you can export locally um, to a folder and then set that as your document root and then preview in the browser. 
Um, it is very powerful, very useful uh, to have. Um, and there are right now primarily two ways um, that you could do it. Uh, there, there might be more. First, Mac, Apple has OS 10 server, um, which I use. Um, and then there's MAMP, which is very widely popular. Um, it is free. Um, now, the reason I don't use MAMP, I used to be a big MAMP user, um, is I purchased Pro years ago, MAMP Pro. Um, purely, I didn't really need the features. I just wanted to support MAMP because I thought it was a great project, right? And I discovered something interesting about Pro that um, it, what I did is on my Mac Pro, I'd have MAMP running all the time because, you know, it was just something that I'd, I'd always have, you know, running so that I could preview my sites locally. And then I found when I was on my laptop, let's say sitting on the sofa, I couldn't launch MAMP. It wouldn't let me launch it at all. And the reason is um, MAMP, they don't allow you to have multiple pro instances running on the same network unless you buy a second license. Um, and um, I asked them, I'm like, hey, you know, I don't really, this just, you know, I was just trying to support you. And they, you know, stuck to their guns and they, they didn't want to allow me to have, uh, you know, two instances on the same network. So I said, fine. And I moved to Apple server and I've been pretty happy with it. Um, but with that said, I think Apple server, they've been removing a lot of features from it. Um, it still has a web server built in, but I'm wondering how long that is going to last. Um, it is pretty cheap. It's like 20 bucks. but um, you know, like I said, the Apple's been removing features like mad from that server app uh, over the past couple of years. So I'm not sure how long it's going to survive, but it is good. Yeah, I used to use I used to use Mamp myself. I'm surprised to hear hear your story. I'm wondering if you could have blocked it using like Little Snitch or something like that. Mm, could have been. Yeah, I actually migrated off of Mamp myself. I actually moved into something a lot more developer focused. So probably beyond the scope of what we're talking about today, but I moved into a tool called Vagrant. Ah, uh, yeah, that's that, yeah, that's yeah. I I'm aware I'm aware of Vagrant, and I've played around with it. It was just it was too much work. I need I wanted something simpler. Yeah, but once you once you get it set up, it's I just I just run a command, and I have yeah three instances of PHP running, and yeah, you know, uh, yeah, that's so. getting pretty that's pretty getting pretty geeky there. Yes, yes, yeah. I, I I agree. So What's I your next pick? I think I have two more. Okay. One for collaboration with peers and clients is an app called Napkin. Mm. So I take I take a screenshot, make a few quick edits, blow up a blow up a little eye loop on an image, jot some notes, send it back. Just a quick and easy way to, you know, I think a lot of people use. Um, uh, what's what was that little image editing app that used to be free for a while just to mark up stuff? Annotate. I can't remember, but napkins napkins my pick for stuff like that. Yeah, um, it lets me kind of communicate a little bit better with people. Cool. Um, and then my last little utility I I have to give uh, a shout out to is an app called Magnet. It I work on multiple displays a lot. So I work on my laptop. I work on my my uh, 21 inch display. So magnet lets me move windows around and organize my work. So I can have, I can have code on my left. I can have a preview on my right, or I can rearrange the contents of whatever I'm working with pretty quickly, mm -hmm. pretty easily and keep it kind of you know, separated. So moving, switching between desktops and different displays is especially, especially useful. Cool. Yeah. I, I, use, I use a similar app called Moom, M O O M. 
Um, I do mm. own Magnet. Um, I've just used Moom for years, and it just it just clicks with me. So um, I tested Magnet, and I didn't really feel like learning a whole new workflow. So um, yeah. I stuck with Moom. But yeah, very similar, uh, you know, workflow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So you Sweet. get any more picks? I I have a cu- I have a couple more. I think there's smaller ones that I use less frequently. So I'm not gonna talk um you know a ton about them but i think well, that you have, they're you're have, have 300 you're 300 more than i do so yeah, 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 yeah. you have a few more so art text is a cool app um it's kind of image based it allows you to like creates like really fancy you know you know text you know that's very stylized it's not made for reading it's purely you know to make art out of text it's cool i don't think i've ever actually used it on a website but i've played around with the app i think it's cool um i know a lot of people that, that do use it on websites though um, next one is Font Explorer. Um, if you're going to be managing your own font file, so like purchasing fonts and whatnot, uh, Font Explorer is a pretty expensive one, but it is like the de facto kind of standard for um, you know managing you know your own font libraries. So Font Explorer is a good one. What about FontBase? Uh, I own FontBase. Font Explorer does a lot more than FontBase does. Um, okay. It's yeah. Um, it in terms of like previewing fonts and like you can type out the text and like select multiple fonts and you can kind of compare them. And, um, it font Explorer is a really, a really nice app. Um, so yeah, uh, I do own font base as well, but I think font Explorer, I've tried three or four and font Explorer for me is, is if you're really going to get serious about fonts, you should look at font Explorer. It's a good one. Cool. Next one is an, a small app called Patterno. I think that's how you P A T T pattern and then O at the end. So, and it's just for creating an app for creating like um, repeatable backgrounds. Um, I don't use it very often, but it is useful. It's a nice little app. Um, so if it's, uh, you know, if you're looking for, you know, for some tiled backgrounds, pattern is pretty nice. Another one, photo bulk. I know a lot of rep users use photo bulk and it's kind of like an image automation thing where like, if you want to batch resize a ton of images, um, you know, PhotoBulk will do that for you. You know, we talked about op- image optimizers in terms of compressing the images and making them smaller. But PhotoBulk will do is it'll actually resize the images as well. So um, that that is a nice one. Um, but I don't think PhotoBulk actually does the compression like um, you know Squash and you know JPEG Mini and Image Optim and the other apps we were talking about. So, but PhotoBulk is good for bulk resizing of images, and I think it does some renaming and other stuff. That's funny. I, I'm used to using uh, Automator for that. <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, my last Just app. Don't... There's an app called Feeder, and um, Feeder is a cool app if you want to like create your own RSS feeds or podcast feeds, um, and you don't want to like use some sort of service that manages those for you. Um, it is a nice app for for manually creating an RSS feed. It's not something I really have to do very often. Uh, even for this podcast, you know, we're hosting it on Transistor. But um, if you need to create an RSS feed, uh, Feeder is a great way to do that. Yeah, Feeder is awesome. I yeah. used to use that all the time. But I've had to try to automate my workflow more. And I wasn't able to do that within within Feeder. So I had to kind of abandon it, unfortunately. But that mm-hmm. is a good pick. Yeah. And my last one for creating collages of images, um, there's an app called Turbo Collage. It doesn't look like it's a fabulous app. Like if you look at the screenshots or whatever, it kind of looks old school, but like it's algorithm for auto, like, you know, 
generating collages of images is pretty spectacular. Um, so John Hawkins, hipster weaver, he's the one who's kind of sold me on it. And, um, like he uses it all the time just to like, um, he'll use it like temporary to just like, you know, he has 10 images. He wants to create like some sort of random layout and like, and then he'll try to replicate that in rapid weaver or he'll use, you know, the, the actual collage itself, the image that it generates. But, um, I think collage turbo collage is, um, if you're looking for creating collages, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Sweet. Well, that's all I have for today, yeah, Joe. Yeah, I think that was it. That was a, that was a lot of apps. <laughs> that, that was a lot of apps, man. Um, I think we went a little bit over, but I think that was good. Oh, I guess one yeah. thing we one thing we should talk should talk about is an app that everybody already has. It's Safari or Chrome or whatever. The developer tools inside there, um, very oh, yes. powerful stuff. Uh, we could probably go on for an, for multiple sessions just about that alone. Um, but that is, I think. Um, a, a number one pick um, in terms of all Rapid Weaver users should learn how to use the, the web inspector. Whether or not it's Safari, Chrome, Firefox, doesn't matter. Learn it. Absolutely. And if anybody hasn't checked out Firefox in a long time, do it because the new Firefox has gotten really nice, um, really fast. They, I read a lot about how they rewrote a lot of their core CSS engine in a different language and it's had huge improvements. So, yes, I, I, I'm really into it. Good Sweet. call. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I think that wraps up, everybody. I hope you enjoyed uh, today's session. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, we are now everywhere. Uh, we are on iTunes, on Google Play. So go ahead and leave us a five-star review. And if you hated this show, uh, please don't leave a review at all. Um, I'd appreciate that. Yeah. So five-star reviews. Um, and if you have any feedback, uh, what's our email, Greg? What? I don't remember what we did, what we decided oh, on. I, was, I, uh, I think it was feed. I think I think it was feedback at weaverradio.com, right? That's that sounds that sounds about right. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that. Also, there there is a space on Weaver Space. Um, so Weaver Space community space slash Weaver Radio, um, or Weaver Dash Radio, and um, go ahead and leave us comments or questions there. So either email us or post it on Weaver Space. And um, thank you very much, Greg. Yes. Thank you, sir. Good to talk to you. Take care, everybody. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Later, guys.